This week of the Tech on Tap podcast, Suresh Tape joins us to discuss virtualization, BDS in the cloud, and Flex Group Play. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. I love this company. Zipor. Zipor. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have Suresh Tapek with me today. Uh, so Suresh, what do you do here at NetApp and how do I reach you? I'm part of a hybrid cloud solutions team and I'm more focused on end user computing. Started doing more on the virtualization side. So Suresh, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? I can be reached uh, using a Twitter at estope is the handle. Or you can send me an email at stope at netapp.com or suresh.tope at netapp.com. All right, excellent. We'll include that in the blog along with this uh, show so people can reach you if they need to ask you questions. So first question I have for you is, you mentioned hybrid cloud. What does that mean exactly? Customers, they can have uh, their infrastructure either on-premises or on the cloud. Okay, so when it expands uh, to both, like it's a mix of various clouds. You can take it in that way too. Okay, so that's, uh, we treat it as a hybrid cloud. Okay, so basically having workloads that can span either on-prem or cloud. And, you know, with ONTAP, that's kind of, that's made easy because we have things like SnapMirror and the Data Fabric to allow you to move workloads in and out of the cloud as you need to. That's right. So one of the workloads that we've seen that has traditionally been on-prem, but we're seeing more and more move to a hybrid cloud model is our virtual desktop services, especially with the idea of working remotely more often now because of the pandemic. People are spinning up more and more VDS instances because they don't feel like they need to send laptops to everybody's houses to just to work, right? So, uh, Shuresh, is that, is that something that sounds like you know an accurate statement or is there more to it than that? You exactly got it right. And uh, with a recent acquisition of uh, Cloud Jumper, uh, now we do have an uh, video orchestration tool uh, that will help you manage and deploy uh, infrastructures either on Azure, AWS, Google, or even on on premises. And everything you can manage it from a single portal. So, what are some of the advantages of? approaching it from a hybrid cloud model as opposed to you know keeping it strictly on-prem? For example, um, if you're uh, considering like using WVD, uh, Windows Virtual Desktops, uh, where uh, the Microsoft is allowing you to have a multi-session on a Windows 10 environment. Uh, so that one is only available on Microsoft Azure. Um, in other clouds, okay, it'll be more on a flexibility. Okay, like you will be able to scale up or trim it down, okay, based on the demand. It gives you the flexibility predominantly. Okay. So, you know, flexibility means being able to host it from anywhere rather and, and keep it relatively local too. I mean, we're not dealing with a data center that's established in one location. Now we can leverage the cloud with multiple regions. So that we get a more localized feel for what we're doing and we get better performance because we're not going over such a, a long network uh, path. I agree. It's not only uh, the virtual desktop environment. Uh, it will also like uh, 
other supporting uh, environments, right, predominantly. Like you will see the customers, uh, they are expanding their Active Directory infrastructure from on-prem to the cloud uh, with Azure, right? So that can also make it, uh, uh, and also like it will provide you much more high availability also. So in case if your on-prem one goes down, still you have all your Active Directory and user accounts and everything will be available on the cloud. And I would imagine this Active Directory environment is mostly standard, you know, set up in, in Azure uh, for these workloads. Can, can we leverage the on-prem AD environments as well and maybe set up trusts across the cloud and on-prem systems? Yes. Um, actually, in, in Microsoft AD, uh, Active Directory, like there are a couple of, uh, one is uh, Azure AD, okay, that one will be like more on uh, for web application kind of thing. Then you have uh, AD domain services. So that one will be your traditional Kerberos-based authentication one. So that one, like you can have a sync between your on-prem and to the uh, uh, cloud, like with Azure AD domain services. Does it make sense for you? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, being able to leverage you know Active Directory like you normally would, but you know instead of having to manage it yourself, you can now leverage it in the cloud. And I, I would imagine that Azure provides managed services for this type of stuff as well. That's true. Uh, so, uh, so you don't need to manage that uh, separate Active Directory instance on the cloud. It, so it, it'll be a managed service. So Azure takes care of it. And NetApp also has the concept of managed services as well, right? That's true. Um, so uh, for the virtual desktops, there is no need to have a uh, specialized skill okay, for managing the complete VDA infrastructure. Uh, we will be able to uh, assist you. Like We will completely take care of that service, and we will manage uh, not only uh, desktops, uh, the file services, like, for example, if you need and uh, Azure NetApp files, or it will be and uh, hosted file service, all of those uh, based on the customer need. Okay, we will take care of it. And I understand we have this this idea of virtual desktop services that you mentioned. Um, you know, we have the option of of standing up an entire end to end solution for setting up virtual desktops using ONTAP as a back end, right? The customers like who are all enjoying uh, the on prem ONTAP. Okay, so probably they may be already familiar with uh, uh, Secure Multi-Tenancy or uh, the VASA, VAI. Okay, so, and, and also uh, with the file services like uh, SMB as well as uh, NFS. So all of those, uh, if they are already using it, probably now uh, with video service, you can also have uh, your desktops also hosting on, on tap in on-prem. So you might ask uh, why a uh, customer uh, need to do it. And there are a couple of reasons. One is the provisioning time will be much more faster utilizing uh, VAI on a VMware environment. And also like you will have uh, more additional capability, like any most of the vSphere features also, like you'll be able to utilize, like for example, VASA uh, to provide and VM uh, specific policies the storage policies you can assign to it. Uh, then uh, you you will be uh, you can also uh, utilize the flex groups, uh, which uh, I'm pretty sure uh, you're very familiar with. I, I've heard of these things. Tell me more though. With the ONTAP 9.8, uh, uh, the flex group started supporting the virtualization workload. 
Okay, so that will allow it to have an, a single data store that can span across multiple on-tap storage nodes. So you will, uh, you can uh, scale in petabits uh, or whatever the maximum uh, the data store capacity, uh, the virtualization, the VMware uh, supports it. So with VMware, I don't, I don't know that there's a limit for NFS data stores. I know there's a limit for VMFS. So, you know, with flex groups, we, we provide up to 20 petabytes of, of capacity for, you know, supported configuration. Um, naturally, you know, it's not a, it's not an architectural limit. It's just a tested limit. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. but with virtualization, I would imagine that most people aren't going to reach that 20 petabyte limit. So, you know, you're probably looking at smaller data stores, but the other benefit of having a flex group volume as a data store is spanning multiple nodes in a cluster. Is that, is that something that you are also seeing out there in the field? Yes, um, no, that's the predominant one. Uh, and uh, sometimes the customers also get confused. Like, uh, like if their main goal is to utilize the complete, uh, all the resources uh, from a storage nodes, um, they have uh, two options, right? Like one is either they can go with a flex group, okay, which will be like automatically like uh, behind the scene. Uh, it spreads across in all the storage nodes. Then uh, another option is uh, the uh, VMware uh, customers, uh, they're familiar with it, is uh, VASA. VASA is a uh, storage API okay, that will allow you uh, to offload, uh, like it will provide you the storage awareness. And in that one, like uh, with uh, uh, ONTAP implementation, what we have done is uh, for a VWAL data store, you can have volumes, you can have multiple uh, flex walls, and each having its own uh, capability. For example, you can have uh, one flex wall from a FAST, another flex wall uh, from AFF, or you can also have one flex wall with replication enabled. So you can have uh, those capability at, at the volume level, and you can expose those uh, to the VM and uh, and vSphere administrator, they can utilize the storage policies to place it in appropriate container. So even though like they utilize a single VWAL data store, but based on a policy, it will be placed on appropriate uh, flex volume on a backend. Okay, so even though like uh, both are utilizing uh, flex wall on multiple storage nodes, but there are certain differences out there. With VASA, uh, virtual volumes, the main uh, focus there was, it will be like VM-centric uh, policy management, but with a flex group, it will be more on spreading uh, all ingested data, right? So the main purpose is spreading uh, the ingested data on multiple uh, backend flex walls. Yeah, and, and the so main difference are, and the main mm -hmm. difference here is that you know your flex falls, you can set them up across multiple nodes and still span the storage, and then VVALs can take care of the placement of those VMs. Whereas flex groups don't really need VVALs in this case because we can set up a flex group that already spans the data store. It's a single data store point, and now ONTAP handles the placement of those VMs, right? That's right. Um, so uh, if you're utilizing uh, the ONTAP tools for VMware vSphere previously uh, known as uh, yeah, VSE plugin. Okay, so you, if you're using that one and uh, deploying and uh, data store, so if you deploy and uh, flex group data store, by default, 
it will be deploying uh, eight flexwall uh, per aggregate or per node. And in case of an uh, virtual volumes like VWAL data store, okay, if you create it, there you will have a control, uh, like saying you can create at least one flex wall, or you can manually, you need to create those. So it's not like automatic. So with VVOLs, you're basically creating each individual flex wall that, that the VVOLs point to, whereas a flex group, you created and it creates the multiple flex group uh, member volumes in the background. That's true. And uh, so, uh, and another uh, difference I would uh, say is with a flex group, when it gets into imbalance, okay, so if one volume uh, like occupies more space compared to other, the flex group automatically it tries to level set out, right? Uh, in case of an uh, VWAL data store, since it's all the VMs are all placed based on the policy, there are more chances that one volume can be like occupied more compared to another. Right. So with VVOLs, you know, there's, I guess there's less of a control over where data gets placed. And, and with flex groups, you're not really controlling it either, but ONTAP is going to do a generally better job of trying to distribute that data and make sure that it, it occupies, you know, a relatively similar amount of space in each volume. That's true. Um, in case of an, like if it gets into imbalance, Okay, so uh, there is an uh, web CLI option is also there with the VWAL, okay, where some uh, administrator need to manually perform and rebalance. Art like they need to adjust their uh, policy. But in case of a flex group, it will be behind the scene. So administrators need not worry about it. Uh, but uh, one thing they need to keep in mind is the number of uh, flex wall with a flex group. Okay, so that one, uh, with ONTAP tools, like we have no control. So it'll be uh, whatever uh, the eight volumes, it will automatically create for every aggregate. But in, with the VWAL, we have on control. Uh, so one thing you need to keep in mind is then uh, your VM size will be limited to here in case of unflex group, it'll be like a one by eight or whatever the maximum size of unflex wall, right? With the, the VM tools, it kind of takes away some of the administrative overhead of trying to do all this stuff yourself. And it, I guess the the goal is to simplify this. And that's kind of the drive of most applications that are going to cloud, right? They're trying to simplify things, take a lot of the uh, administration pieces out of the hands of the administrators. Agree. Completely agree. And, and with, with VVOLs, it sounds like, you know, the policy is great and it's going to generally do what you want it to do, but you know, sometimes you have to go in and, and make some changes to balance things out. So when you do a manual rebalance, is that basically a storage V motion from one volume to another? You know, what is the technical backing that happens there? What happens with the, the rebalance there? So there are uh, two ways uh, to look at it, right? Uh, one, uh, one is uh, based on a policy. Okay. Your, um, the flex will be used, but if there are multiple flex wall within an uh, same policy, um, then in that case, like uh, it will try to uh, auto balance it for you. So, for example, if you have uh, three flex walls with the same policy, 
then it will try to balance it uh, for you, uh, the VASA provider. But still, uh, but if you are uh, having like the three volumes with one policy and there are another two volumes with a different policy, uh, then uh, if you want to balance it, then probably like you may need to either add additional uh, flex ball to it or uh, the other way is like uh, if uh, one of them is underutilized, then you can move it and you can remove and flex ball uh, from it. Yeah, and with a flex group volume, you're not dealing with adding and removing volumes. They're all there and they're they're doing what they're supposed to do for the most part. Um, my understanding is there's also an, an added benefit of using a flex group versus a flex ball, and that's with the speed of the cloning. Is that something that you're familiar with? Uh, yes. Uh, VAI, right? Like vSphere uh, uh, API for array integration. Yeah, just basically, you know, cloning a, a one VM, you know, to a, to the same data store, right? So with with a FlexVol, when you do that, there isn't the same mechanisms used in the background as with a Flex Group. So can you tell us a little bit more about how all that works? So at least uh, in my initial uh, uh, testing, like what I observed is with the Vasa provider, uh, since it's an uh, based on a, a policy, uh, all the VM uh, all the VM DKs, everything were uh, stored on a same data store, and the cloning are all it's much more instantaneous. With a flex group, uh, while ingesting, it tries to spread it across. Okay, so for example, a VM has uh, three VM DKs, then it will try to balance it out in all uh, the flex walls. And when it tries to clone it, and if you have an, uh, it, it tries to first, tries to balance it out on a space, right? So uh, in that case, like what happens is it will try to copy it like to different uh, flex balls. So if you are doing like few VMs, the cloning of few VMs, then uh, the flex, like with the uh, virtual volumes, that one, I find it much more better performance compared to flex group. But when there are like uh, in case of an VDI where you have a more, uh, cloning operations. Okay, then probably like a flex group also uh, does it better. It will catch it up because once uh, the VM, the template is available on all the flex wall, then subsequent clones are all, it's much more faster. So the first, the initial one, the template copying across the flex wall, uh, that takes up uh, time. So you might see uh, various performance metrics. So as far as flex root volumes are concerned and virtualization, uh, I know that we have the support built into the VM tools. What sort of functionality do we get out of that? Like, do we get the same functionality we get out of FlexVols or are there some things missing that we're going to have in future releases? Currently with the uh, uh, flex group, it is only for uh, uh, the file, like it'll be NFS and SMB, right? Like if you need an uh, block base. Um, that one, like with the virtual volumes, it supports both block as well as the file workloads. So any customers that looking into a similar uh, thing, like a, like a flex group, but they need a block, okay, then they can look into the virtual volumes. With virtual volumes also, you will be able to perform an uh, replication. With a flex group, while presenting uh, to the clients, uh, 
it will be like a single data store, right? If you're provisioning uh, from uh, the ONTAP tools, it will automatically uh, automate all those steps for you. So it will create uh, the required export policies. So those are all be created. But with virtual volumes, uh, there, like you will have protocol endpoints, right? Like you will not be exporting uh, for each uh, flex wall. You, you will not be exporting separately. But instead of that one, you just have a uh, protocol endpoint uh, that will be exposing either uh, one for every uh, logical network interface you have, or in case of unblock, it will be one protocol endpoint for every flex wall. One predominant use case, like I find it interesting with a, a flex group on, for VMware environment is for large scale data store. Okay, so that's a, uh, it's a known one. And uh, another one is when you're trying to share the template across multiple vCenter environments, so either in case of an vCloud Foundation or like a, uh, multiple pods in VMware Horizon, uh, wherever you have multiple vCenters, uh, their one challenge has always been uh, the sharing the templates, right? So uh, you need to sh uh, uh, share the template across multiple vCenter environment. So VMware has provided a solution uh, that's a content library. Uh, so that will allow you to check in, check out all the templates so that like you will have a version control of your template, as well as it will allow you to share across uh, multiple vCenter environments. So one vCenter can publish it and the other vCenter can subscribe to it. So initially the content library, it always converted into an OVA file. If you're on on-prem environment and if you're going to the cloud, so there might be various formats. So, to our, so initially they convert it into OVA, then they can deploy it to any cloud. Um, but now what's happening is in every major cloud, you have uh, the native uh, vSphere environment itself, it started available. So you have Azure VMware solution, uh, Google Cloud VMware engine, or uh, VMC on AWS. Okay, so everywhere like you have the native VMware environment, they provided an option to natively like have the VM templates. What exactly is, a, is, this, is this VMware content repository? Like what does it do? The content library is like uh, storing it for your templates, basically like uh, sharing uh, template across multiple vCenter environment. And now as the applications are moving to the Kubernetes or containers on Kubernetes. So now uh, yeah, that one also will provide you an uh, repository for your container. So you can store your container repository as well as the VM templates. In your experience, do you have customers today that are leveraging flex groups for VMware data stores? I know that we, I, I ran into a few before this was even officially supported, but you know, what are you seeing now that it's official? I've seen most of the customers there uh, mainly considering it uh, predominantly. First, initially they started with uh, uh, the file services. Okay, so uh, more, uh, the SMB, that one is uh, pretty attractive for VDA customers. So uh, they don't need to worry about reaching that limit Okay, so they don't need to worry about it and they will also get the added performance. As far as virtualization customers that you're seeing out there using Flex Group volumes, you know, what's been their initial experience with it? Are they enjoying it? Are they you know, having, are they seeing issues? If they're using the ONTAP tools, 
for VMware uh, vSphere, that just makes an easy. It's just one uh, checkbox. Uh, that's it. And uh, they find it no much difference. The main thing they like it is it's a less number of uh, data stores to manage, a single data store, and they're done. Okay, so that will take care of all the VMs. So when you're talking to customers that are using FlexVols or even like FlexVols with LUNs, like you're doing VMFS data stores today, and they want to move to a flex group volume, how are you recommending that be done? Like what's the best way to approach that? The easiest one will be uh, storage vMotion. And what if they're moving from an on-prem environment to something like a VDS uh, in the cloud? Like how are they migrating VMs that way? So typically we won't directly like move and uh, VM. Usually like we will have the template. So the template is the one that shared across the environment. So from the template, they will be able to spin up uh, the new virtual desktops. So it will be like mostly stateless because all the data are all, it will be stored on file services. With the file services, if they are spreading across multiple clouds, the predominant cloud, wherever uh, there is. So that one, uh, that's where it will be either it will be on a CVS or ANF, uh, or it will be on uh, ONTAP cloud. So whatever it is, uh, then on a remote uh, sites, like they will be using a global file cache. If uh, ONTAP is available on both sites, okay, then they can also use uh, uh, flex cache for the file services. One difference between the flex cache versus the global file cache. With a global file cache, the reads and writes are all kept local. Uh, in case of a uh, flex cache, uh, the reads are uh, local, and for the writes, it will go to the source. Yeah, there's a, there's a write back to the origin there. So when, when customers are doing something like a flex cache or a global file cache with virtualization workloads, are they using them for the VMs themselves, or are they using them for the backend shares for the VMs, like the home directories and that sort of thing? And this is more on uh, the SMB file shares. Okay, so it'll be for home directories, user profiles, um, and, and then our any uh, workgroup data. Okay, so they've got the, the VMs you know, stood up in the cloud, and they're running the actual VMDKs there. And then these VMDKs will point to file shares that go to something like a global file cache or, or a flex cache. Yeah. Usually, like uh, in, in a cloud environment, we just, uh, it, it need not be a VMDK. It can be a uh, native, uh, whichever the cloud they're in. So either it can be on the EBS or in case of on, even uh, on Azure, it can be on the Windows virtual desktops. So the virtual desktops might be available. But uh, for the file services alone, okay, they can utilize the ONTAP based one. You know, earlier when I mentioned migrating, you know, your virtual machines to a cloud system or to a cloud approach, right, to a cloud native approach, um, would we use something like like storage vMotion to migrate from on-prem to cloud, or is there a better way to approach that? If it is both sites, like for example, if they are using an uh, AVS or a, a Google Cloud VMware engine. Okay, so if, if they're doing that one, then HCX is an option. Okay, so uh, with a, a VMware, uh, you will be able to do copy from uh, on-prem, directly move into uh, their environment. So, and vSphere environment on the cloud, you can have it. Currently, it's only, uh, it's supported on the vSAN. Um, hosting it on another one, it's uh, based on the service providers uh, I think it's all uh, coming down to 
SLA. What are some of the benefits that you see with ONTAP for hosting a, a VDS workload in the cloud? Like what does ONTAP offer that you know you would tell people to to go to that approach? We kind of understand what the on-prem value is, right? So we've we've done that for years, you know, the snapshots and the disaster recovery and and you know, doing things like storage efficiencies very well. Like when we move these workloads to the cloud, I know some of that stuff carries over. Is there any additional benefit to running a VDS workload on, an, on a cloud instance of ONTAP, or is it pretty much the same as we'd see with on-prem? With the cloud, with the ANF, uh, you will have uh, the service levels, right? Like you have various service levels, so you, you can have running it on, let's say, on a performance tier, and then like okay, if you're bringing in, suddenly like more users are coming in for short duration, then you can bump it up uh, to ultra tier, and then later when it slows down, Okay, then you can move it back to the performance tier. Okay, so there's like you know, the ability of doing like service levels for specific use cases. So if you've got an Oracle workload that you want to have high performance, you could give it the performance tier, whereas home directories you can stick in a different tier, and that kind of helps you drive your costs down for your cloud uh, storage. That's right. To cut down the costs uh, on the uh, cloud environments, uh, virtual desktop service will automatically like. Uh, power down and, and the virtual desktops when it's not in use. So you can have an, uh, what are the business hours? So during that time, okay, the desktops will be available. And then after the business hours, it can automatically like uh, shut it down for you. If anybody comes in and if they tries to log in, then again, it will automatically like it can wake up on uh, demand. Okay, so it, it will power it on, but there will be a slight delay uh, will be noticeable for the users. Then another uh, unique uh, value of uh, virtual desktop services for the applications deployment, VDS, whatever the tool you currently use, as long as it's provide and CLI, we can easily integrate into it. Like uh, Ansible or Chocolatey or uh, PowerShell DSC. So whatever your tool uh, for deployment of application, um, we can easily integrate. Do we have any trial periods that we can give to customers? I mean, are they able to use this for free for a certain amount of time? Or, you know, is there any demos that we can point them to? Like, what sort of information can people get today about the VDS piece? Currently, if they uh, go into cloud.netapp.com and uh, from there, there's an option to sign it up. Um, and I know, like, uh, there are and a specific URL, it's also it's available. Uh, for trial period, uh, but I don't th- have that one in handy. Okay, well, you can send that to me afterwards and we'll, uh, we'll add it to the blog. All right, Suresh, thanks so much for joining us today and talking to us about VDS as well as FlexRe volumes using virtualization. So, Suresh, again, if we wanted to reach you, how would we do that? You can reach me via email using stope at netapp.com or suresh.tope at netapp.com. And for Twitter handle, it's uh, at yesstope. All right, excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you'd like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Suresh Tapay for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah.
me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah. 